0: Hi Chris. Um how was it going?
1: Hi Nina. Yeah, good thank you. Um back for another another podcast. We, we, we. They just keep on keep on coming. These hits keep on coming.
0: Exactly. It doesn't stop.
1: We're like the Beatles of podcasts.
0: Yeah, exactly. It 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 will probably stop it around June July time, but until <laughs> that it will not stop.
1: <laughs> after yeah, after the twelfth of no. Thirteenth of July. I think I'm. I hopefully will be going to Greece. That will be. Oh yeah. Will definitely stop then.
0: <laughs> <laughs> or maybe we'll just continue doing this remotely, even when we're talking. Just. I mean, now we basically talk about everything that doesn't really relate to the SU anyway, so.
1: Yeah, literally. Nothing um. Like. Yeah, okay, we can continue to pretend to be officers.
0: Yeah. Exactly. Yeah.
1: Officers of the of the world. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that that should be that should be fun yeah I do feel like I'm gonna um, depending on what I do for um, a job next year when I hopefully can return to the motherland Finland um yeah I would love to like work in like a kind of like SU setting or like a student politics setting like in in some sort of like other way yeah,
1: um, yeah. so
0: maybe I'll just continue the podcast by myself. <laughs> and
1: maybe you can become like wonky is in the uk <laughs> yeah
0: yeah like yeah, a yeah. global <laughs> higher education
1: and instead of doing oh like newsletters or um morning briefings you'll just do podcasts for everything
0: yeah exactly i think so i think podcasts are the way of the future yeah to be yeah. honest
1: i feel um, like should we should we start by addressing yeah. some feedback we got on our last podcast Mm -hmm. yeah Um, so we i think we finally had an actual engagement Mm -hmm. beyond just people listening for one minute and checking out Mm -hmm. Um, we had someone comment on one on your post i think it was um which was actually really nice to see um Mm -hmm. it was really nice to have someone actually engage with what we're doing here yeah Um, even even though it was it was a fairly critical engagement Mm -hmm. um Yeah, the 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 engagement was the comment was effectively around kind of the views we were um, we were we had regarding kind of the ivory towers of education Mm -hmm. and also kind of our experiences or I think more specifically my experience as a student of both HAP and LPS. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, it was nice to have that because it kind of made me go away and have a think about stuff. Um, I think yeah, what I would say is that I. First of all, the, the aim of this podcast is to kind of talk frank about our own mm-hmm. emotions and thoughts and feelings regarding our kind of, not only our current time at Sussex, but also as students um, mm-hmm. and being being a LPS and harp student, I feel like I am entitled to have those views, whether whether or not someone mm-hmm. disagrees or not, that is they're completely up to them and that's their, their prerogative and I respect that. Um, I think yeah. I think in terms of the kind of ivory towers of education, mm-hmm. um, I don't think that's a particularly new concept. Yeah. I think that is that is something that is, that is a path that has been tread before. Mm-hmm. And I still do think that yeah, there's there are issues with and being kind of self-critical around education. And if if there's such a reluctance to accept that, I, that the kind of elitism exists within higher mm-hmm. education then you're kind of missing the point of higher education because mm-hmm. in my, my mind, higher education is there and research is there to critically engage with stuff. Mm-hmm. And if you can't critically engage with yourself, then mm-hmm. missing a trip. But yeah, yeah that's, exactly. that's just what I wanted to add mm-hmm. following that. But like, yeah, I think all comments are always appreciated. Maybe yeah, exactly appreciated. Yeah, exactly.
0: And I get their point about um, having a dialogue with the people that we're talking about in terms of like here, the academics, and I feel like that, I, I get what they mean, but I do also feel like this this wasn't like a, like you kind of said already, this wasn't like a specific experience that just the two of us have had, but this is like a wider kind of political and social discussion around like knowledge and education and higher education and kind of the the, the kind of power dynamics that lie in that. And I don't feel like, that is necessarily that those discussions are necessarily only to be had with the people that are in in those in those spaces necessarily um but yeah it was it was great to have um have a comment and i feel like we can um if people leave comments or uh, send us messages or anything we can pick them up and discuss them in the podcast again um So please do do that. And obviously feel always free to disagree with us since we are just two people who <laughs> who do this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, what have you uh, been doing as your job as the undergrad education officer, Chris, recently? Or what have we been doing in the Students' Union?
1: Um, yeah, so on on last Friday, um i don't even know what dates are Mm -hmm. even what date was last friday
0: um let's see
1: what last friday we had a forum around education issues um so we managed to get Mm -hmm. um a couple of people from university senior management um to come to a forum with students and students kind of raised their concerns and that was it was good to have that opportunity um whether those, whether the answers were, wholly useful for students, um, mm-hmm. is is one thing. Um, but it's good. To, it was good to have an opportunity for students to really highlight the mm-hmm. issues they're facing, and we're hoping that, yeah, the management will take that on seriously and mm-hmm. um, and kind of yeah, do do stuff regarding it.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I feel like that was um, kind of what I wanted from the forums was to have a direct communication with the students and the university because often I feel like because obviously a part of our job is listening to students and representing them with the university but I do feel like in these kind of um, exceptional circumstances like this situation I feel like it's it's a bit harder since we don't have the power to change those university things we can only kind of not be the university to change them, um, but then often it can feel like to the students that nothing is happening and we're not really listening to them. So I feel like it's really important that there is this like direct communication and everyone from the university side that I've speaking with, uh, spoken with about the forum have been really glad and they said that they, it was really useful, useful to have the students there to raise, um, raise the issues that they've um, they've been facing um, especially because I feel like obviously a lot of students can't contact them directly but it can easily kind of get lost somewhere in the emails and um, yeah that yeah. kind of stuff um, yeah. and obviously it's a bit more kind of like personal in a way when you can talk to someone Um yeah. so I think that's good so hopefully this week this week we'll have the second forum which will be around access and then we'll have other themed ones, at least four other themed ones.
1: Yeah, um, yeah, the good news is we've got, we thought, you know, one one forum's okay, two forums good, but six forums yeah, <laughs> forum, great, um, yeah. yeah, so we'll, we'll be working our way through those, it's looking probably likely that it'll be one a week, mm-hmm. but but yeah.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, from my side, yeah, organising the forums, obviously, um, quite a few students contact me directly about, um, stuff, so I've been signposting them to support, and I feel like, um, one of the things that I want to highlight with students is that, obviously, the Students' Union is still here, and we're all still working, but so is the university and university support services, although in a different in a different way but they're all still there and you should contact them as like in a normal situation um with whatever is going on um it's going on with you that you might need support with and i'm actually doing a well-being drop-in tomorrow through the um jane and in india's community um facebook group so hopefully students will join me there and we can talk about um well-being wise what is um, what is out there um, yeah and then obviously me and Chris since we are um, trustees of the students union as well we've been um, making some important decisions around kind of the financial impact of the situation and our staff members and that kind of stuff that often takes quite a bit of our time but it's obviously Important, like decisions to be part of, and and I feel like that's like a big part of, like us, actually leading the organization and kind of where it goes. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Busy times.
1: Yeah, exactly. busy times. yeah. Exactly. Um,
0: yeah.
1: Yeah, and trying to. It's weird because I feel like, ever since the. Since like self isolation has started, like I've been kind of working in a sense more effectively, mm. but also like just feels like nothing is being achieved because it is so reactionary. Mm. Like mm-hmm. the majority of our work now is responding to things as opposed to going out there and creating things. Mm-hmm. Um, which, yeah, it's it's an interesting change, and obviously it's a good experience to learn how to do both sides of the, these things mm-hmm. but yeah interesting
0: yeah yeah exactly yeah definitely um do we want to move on to what we have been reading recently
1: of course what have you been reading Nina
0: and um, one thing that I booked that I was going to talk about actually before but I forgot was um Sarah Ahmed's um promise of happiness um and I feel like I've got quite a few I've read her books quite a lot obviously because i do um gender studies and she's wrote written quite a lot around kind of feminist and like cultural studies and that kind of stuff and i i had started promise of happiness like years ago but i kind of never finished it so i started again now and it's interesting she just talks about kind of where does the kind of idea of hap concept of happiness come comes from and kind of what do we mean by it and like what are the different things that affect how we think about what happiness is and how there's this kind of pressure to be happy or um have happiness but what does that actually mean it's like obviously I feel like with more I can study or like more like read academic stuff you like I th- and i think especially for me with sociology it has come that like you can think so deeply about anything <laughs> and kind of even the more 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 kind of like basic things or things that you kind of just like take for granted to be how they are but when you actually start thinking about it it's like it kind of opens up this like whole kind of new way of um way of thinking around what how do we actually like function in this world and why do we function the way we do
1: so so what like in terms of the whole idea of happiness is is there like a kind of i I don't know if you've finished the book yet or close to finishing but like is there any early conclusions around like should we should we continue just to live the way Mm -hmm. we are in terms of seeking happiness or should we change our lives etc or Mm -hmm. review how we look at happiness
0: I'm not that far into it. I know that she's going to talk about kind of um, like psychology and like positive psychology and where all of that like kind of comes from and how they kind of see happiness. And then obviously there's kind of like cultural aspects into how we differently view it. So I'm not that far into it, but it's very interesting to kind of, and I like at first when I like start reading it, I was kind of like, Because I feel like in the recent years I've kind of or like at least kind of like in my time at uni um, from like first year I feel like the way that I think or like the thoughts that I have in my head and kind of like my attitude um, kind of inside my own head has like changed quite a bit in terms of like I feel like I've been able to be like kind of just focus on myself and not like actually stress about kind of things that don't really matter and i feel like that has like really made me happy and i feel like i feel like i do like one of the like biggest things that i feel like i kind of aim for in my personal life or kind of want or kind of crave is like that kind of peace of mind in terms of like being able to like like kind of kind of be aware of how i think and how i react and how i behave in certain situations to actually have like a some kind of peace and i feel like that's i feel like it's connected to kind of wanting to or, or that kind of like peace of mind is the root to happiness so then when i kind of started like i started reading the book and i was kind of like I, I, I sometimes think very like black and white and around things. And I feel like at first when I like start reading it, I was like, so is it wrong to like want to be happy? <laughs> or like, is it wrong to like want to, um, want to like aim for happiness? But I don't think it's necessarily about that, but it's about looking more deep into kind of what do we mean by happiness and where that comes from.
1: Yeah. Sorry, I felt
0: sense. like I went on a tangent. No, no, no.
1: Yeah, yeah. makes um, sense yeah um, interesting interesting yeah so you'd recommend it
0: sure. I would recommend I do think that Sarah Ahmed is like she does write quite like densely so it does like I feel like at least for me it does like take quite like it's quite time, time consuming reading her because she's very um the way she writes is very specific but yeah would definitely recommend okay.
1: um
0: what about your space and place book, Chris?
1: Yeah, so I've been reading a book probably in a butcher the pronunciation, but y- yi Fu Tuan or Tuan, mm. something like that. Um spelled Y I space. Um, F U mm-hmm. space T U A N. Um he writes about um, human concepts and how we kind of create so how we go from there being space so space is kind of like the unknown and the wide like mm-hmm. world and kind of the natural world out there beyond us. And we turn it into place as something that we have like an attachment to, or there's a significance mm-hmm. of. Um, and he kind of analyzes how we create space um, and lots of different ways of doing so. Like one way he talks about is like, um, it's called like mythical space. Mm-hmm. So it's spaces that we like, uh, uh, as you'd expect, uh, are mythical. Like um mm-hmm. the end of the world or like um hell mm-hmm. and how that is a means of kind of centering humans have used that as a means of centering themselves within their context for a long time mm. um, and then he talks about architectural space how it can be used as a tool to kind of um create certain feelings or understand our world so he talks about architectural space and he talks about um, tribal villages. I think some tribal villages in Indonesia, and how effectively mm. at the top of the tribe they try and create it like a mountaintop. So at the top of the tribal village, you have mm-hmm. the um, like the tribal chief, and then at the bottom you have um, the kind of lowest people on the rung on the social rung. Mm. Uh, and at the bottom is supposed to be where death is, and that's where it all flows down. And you have like the worst stuff. You have the death and at the top mm-hmm. of the mountain. You have the the closest connection to heaven and there's a bit where he talks about um people understanding certain places as the highest places and that Mm. what kind of meaning that has so he talks about how to um to jewish people um israel is supposed to be the highest highest state in the world because Mm. it's the closest to heaven um to muslims um mecca is Mm. the highest point um on earth because it is um yeah it's the holiest place um, and the final yeah he also talks what I find really interesting mm-hmm. about kind of front and back in
0: mm-hmm. terms of understanding space mm-hmm.
1: so he links it to the human body and he sees like the things that are in front of us the space in front of us mm-hmm. is kind of signifies going forwards in the future and progression etc and that type of stuff mm-hmm. and he talks about the back and like things behind are associated with the past and and like darkness and the unseen etc mm. and then he kind of links um, that up and creates this link with the back and front of cities and countries mm-hmm. um, especially in terms of he talks about America and he talks as about the front being Ellis Island in New York because Mm -hmm. there's so many immigrants coming in and moving into America and the West being the back because it's kind of like the back end and the wild end of America at Mm -hmm. certain points and then he links that also and then goes on to cities and talks about how the kind of rich um, forward facing parts of cities are the front that's the kind of glamour and the glitz and then you have the Mm -hmm. the working kind of industrial potentially working class parts of the cities are the back Mm. And I just, no, I just th- thought that might be an interesting thing to look into, in terms of the whole kind of Palestine-Israel, mm-hmm. um, all academia around that, and the kind of sense um, you get there, and whether Israel has kind of made um, Palestine into the back, and it's has forced that to be the kind of back, whereas because you look at a lot yeah. of tourism, um, tourism adverts of, regarding Israel, and like Jaffa or Jaffa, and like Haifa tel aviv mm. are all kind of these glitzy places now and the kind of glamour of the country mm. um, but yeah, yeah it's a very interesting book
0: yeah and i feel like it's the kind of you're choosing to like kind of show a front but not like the full picture i guess
1: and yeah, that's yeah kind of yeah um yeah that's the element but i think yeah i think it's also the kind of duality of it is mm-hmm space has like a front and a back it can Mm -hmm. it can be made into a front and a back Mm -hmm. and that is like yeah the dichotomy between the two
0: yeah and i feel like that's the kind of like what i was saying before that i like i feel like i easily think very black and white and i feel like that's the kind of i like easily it's either positive or negative and i feel like that's the kind of like the, the path is bad or the back the back kind of stuff is bad, but then the, the, the front and like that's all all of that is like positive in a way or like is seen as like better.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Um it's a, Yeah. Yeah. Sounds very interesting. The other book that I would recommend is um Taking Up Space by um these two um black women who went to I think they went to Cambridge and Oxford. Um, anyways went to Oxbridge and they're talking about like their experiences as um because I mean obviously higher education nationally isn't that diverse but then especially in those um in those kind of very specific institutions it can be even be even worse than for example the other other woman was talking about I think she did did she do history? or English Lit I think either of the two and they had like in a cohort of 200 students they like were two only black people um and like their experiences of that and I've again I haven't finished it yet but what I find um even in the beginning when they're talking about kind of how did they end up even going into those places is that so much of like like inequalities whether it is like racially or kind of class inequalities or gender or kind of all of these things how much they kind of dictate like our decisions and how kind of even like in um in like what a levels you do and then kind of when you're talking to- when you're thinking about if you what if you even want to go to uni or if you're even applying to go to uni or um what do you apply to go um go to uni for like how much of that is like often dictated like institutionally by like your race or ethnicity for example and one of the girls is talking about um how she wanted to go do medicine but then her like counselors or, like academic advising people at um college were like no 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 just do english lit like it's it's like better for you to do and she was like i don't fucking care about english lit <laughs> i don't want to write anything did she
1: go on and what does she do
0: i don't remember because i haven't i, I didn't like finish that bit um but I do, I do think that at least now in her master she's doing something with medicine Yeah. Um,
1: yeah.
0: yeah and it and was I, yeah know, i, I it linked, thought it was
1: a bit uh yeah sorry we've been talking about mm-hmm. Um, recently at the union and stuff mm-hmm. around predicted grades and stuff like that mm-hmm. like yeah so much like institutional bias mm-hmm. um, especially in this country and people especially to people from BAME backgrounds yeah and, like we so yeah so we've we've been um trying to lobby the university to examine what the effect and do some work around the effect of yeah. students completing their a levels and how Predicted grades is going to disaff- uh, is going to affect certain people from certain backgrounds because mm-hmm. research shows if you are from a vague background, like predicted grades is like more likely to be lower than it is than your white mm-hmm. counterparts and stuff like that. It's just mm-hmm. it's it's depressing how early on the system does that yeah. to people and kind of pushes them away from mm-hmm. certain routes.
0: Yeah, and I feel like I was kind of saying to my housemate as well that I feel like for me as well, it's interesting in the sense that and some other books that I've read that are uh, by like British authors that I feel like it has like made me understand kind of the kind of context of like this country and how kind of it works in the in this country and I feel like especially because I'm from like a really small countryside place in Finland which is obviously not diverse at all and how like any of any of those things have like never crossed my mind before university because like there's there's only white Finnish people in like my schools and stuff um but yeah especially in terms of like how kind of that it nationally kind of works in in what kind of like schools you go to and stuff and I feel like that's been really interesting so I would highly recommend that it's called taking up space um and yeah it's it's really interesting interesting and they they um it's these two black women who wrote it but then they like um uh, kind of interview like a bunch of their friends or like have like snippets um and comments from like a bunch of their friends as well uh who like studied different things or like were in different societies and that kind of stuff um so i think it's it's, it's really interesting and i feel like it really makes you yeah i understand the kind of like perspective of um and an impact of um of like these things especially as like a extremely privileged person
1: yeah um, yeah definitely
0: in those kind of senses i would definitely. recommend
1: well, what are we on to now nina What's the, the next
0: best? topic is one of my um one of my passions in life <laughs> one of my um one of my things that i've started to um what would the word be reconsider <laughs> and i've done some self-reflection <laughs> during this time Um, so i've taught i've definitely talked about it before we've talked about conspiracies before and um, and i uh, one of the other things that i'm very much into is true crime and i've i kind of i kind of realized um and also this links to horoscopes because aquarius is a type for to love conspiracies and true crime so just to make a point um but yeah it kind of like it I was I started to think about this again last week when um so I listened to lots of true crime podcasts and I like I watched like videos and stuff um and I started to think about this because I was on a run in the seafront last week and I was running along and there's like vans that are like parked by the pavement and I kind of like and I feel like it's it's probably partly because like be, being a woman in this world i feel like you're a lot more wary of um of things in the public space um and kind of yeah where do you move and how do you how do you move in the public um public space but, I, yeah, I was running, and I realised that one of the, like, vi- white um vans, it had, like, the, the side door open. And, I, like, my instant reaction in my head was, I'm going to get kidnapped. <laughs> and I was instantly... And, by the way, this is, like, 6 p.m. on a weekday. So there was lots of people around.
1: That is, yeah. No, I... to get kidnapped. Yeah,
0: no, no reason for me to actually be scared. And I don't feel like it's even, like... I'm not necessarily even scared, but I feel like I'm just, like, super, like, hyper aware. And, like, I instantly kind of, like, moved away. And then even when I was kind of, like, away from the van, I was, like, what if I get (laughs) abducted? Like, you know what I mean? I was just so, like, oh, it's going to happen. And, yeah, I feel like it's... Yeah, it's kind of... It's interesting. And I actually just... I, I just... Thought about this yesterday as well because i started re-watching um criminal minds
1: okay
0: which i was obsessed with when i was younger and i was just talking to my housemate about this today that i grew up watching like crime shows and like because my mom would always watch them and like I, my mom is really into like ra- reading like crime novels novel- novels <laughs> books um and so am i and i feel like that has then led to me loving true crime but yeah i was i was thinking about criminal minds yesterday as well and i was kind of like i don't feel like i'm super obsessed but then i was thinking but like why do why do i find this interesting like why do i like care so much and i feel like especially with true crime because it's things that have happened um so it's interesting to like think about like why i guess why some people like care about it
1: so, yeah, do you, do you think, because we were having this discussion the other day around gender and mm-hmm. true crime? And, like, to me, I, one of the interpretations I get now is that like in the current day, and I don't know whether this is just like just, just how the media presents it, but like, there mm-hmm. is, in like mid 20th century, like, 60s onwards, there was almost like this female fascination with the murderer, mm-hmm. like like, true crime, and yeah, mm-hmm. that type of thing. So, as as an expert of gender studies, mm-hmm. um, how do you think do you think that's true that it is quite gendered and like the audience, especially, is like on these Netflix shows, is quite gendered? Or how do you how do you interpret it?
0: I feel like there definitely is a link, and actually, now that I think about it, when I was doing, um, I had like a what do you call it, like a research methods whatever um, module when I had that for my MA or like dissertation module and we had it with uh some criminology students and i think one of them was going to do their dissertation on like a true crime and like gender stuff so i feel like there's probably like research on this as well that i haven't looked at but i will because i think it's interesting and i was thinking about that the other other day when he asked and i'm kind of like i don't know if the like but i think somehow it would like make sense that there's definitely like a gender like like violence is gendered like who you, you know who um, who kind of kills who or like you know violent towards who is it's very gendered and I feel like like I don't know if, if it would like make sense um, that like women are interested in true crime or watching crime shows because it's a lot around kind of what what happens to women or kind of women are often the victim and kind of obviously that's all gendered in the sense that like women are seen as the weaker um weaker sex or weaker weaker gender um and kind of we're the ones who kind of get like violence inflicted upon us and we don't do the same and it's for example it's it's very like um the ways because obviously women do kill people as well but um, in terms of like serial killers for example there's only a few women serial killers in the world that we know about and you can like the ways women and men the, the way you kill a person is completely gendered and I was just actually listening to this podcast about this woman who kind of claimed that she had killed like 13 people or something but it was about this like weird pact that like her husband forced her into um and there was a psychologist there talking about um the transgendered aspect and she said that it's not like confirmed that some pe- but some people have made research into that the ways the, the way the way that um women serial killers kill people that or like who do you kill it's like they gather people around them and they kill people they know whereas men uh, go on a hunt and they, they kill, like, random people. So then it can be linked to, kind of, like, the hunter and gathering, like, aspect of, like, yeah. women and men. Which I find really interesting. But obviously it's not, like, it can be, like, super approved. But yeah. then, yeah. for example, like, yeah, like, women women often, like, when women do kill uh, people, they, like, poison them. Which is seen as, like, more, kind of, like, less less painful. Or like yep. less kind of violent, rather than like shooting yeah, someone, exactly. for example.
1: And you look, you look at like traditional storytelling and stuff, and like the mm-hmm. way you know, I was just thinking, like Lady Macbeth and mm-hmm. characters like that. If it is women who are murderers, etc., it is always it is gendered in that sense, isn't it? The, the tools of which they use to kill their mm-hmm. uh, to kill their their target. Yeah. Um, it's no. It's interesting about that kind of that divide and that how yeah, men go and hunt whereas God, mm-hmm. that sounds awful doesn't it mm-hmm. men, killers who are men go out and hunt people basically mm-hmm. um, and women tend to kind of it, it, it's again playing on that kind um that stereotype of the caregiver women's mm-hmm. caregiver they bring people in and then kill them
0: mm-hmm. uh, yeah and she was specifically talking about um like the differences um like the gender differences in people who are psychopaths and how that like mental illness can be different depending on your gender yeah which i think is it's really interesting and actually relating to this because i realized i like remember yesterday when i started re-watching criminal minds that for ages i wanted to like get into psychology and i wanted to be like a psychotherapist or like whatever and then obviously with that like, criminal minds i was really into like criminal psychology and I feel like, I don't know, I feel like it's so interesting, kind of, just how, like, people work and, like, what makes people, like, do things. And, yeah. and yeah, and then I think the, the aspect of, for me, personally, because I feel like I consume so much of, like, this content and, like, how it really made me think last week how it, like, affects me in real life. <laughs> and how, kind of, like, I do feel like, in some cases, maybe I'm, like, a bit more, like some people might argue um, paranoid I would argue <laughs> aware
1: and yeah, I was gonna, I was reasonably aware I don't know
0: I do feel like I've always kind of like thought that like I would rather live in a place where there's more people around than less people around yeah. But I guess that just kind of comes from the like classic like horror movie. You go out in a, you go in a house or like cabin that's like out of nowhere and you can't get help anywhere. Yeah.
1: Um. I feel I feel like we're yeah. going into a little. Now that the weather's got a bit worse. Mm-hmm. It's great. A little mini spooky season coming up. Yeah, I, I do
0: think so. Yeah, I, you know, you know how spooked I get when it gets starts getting dark.
1: <laughs> yeah, honestly. I, I've become. I feel like the last couple of days. I don't know what I've become really obsessed with. Stuff around North Korea after hearing about Kim Kim Jong Un. Oh. Um and how his like his 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 um presidential train has been spotted at this like resort and they there's a suggestion that he's hiding away because he doesn't want to get coronavirus. And oh. The day in my breaks I've been watching this like documentary about this guy who went and put all, like he went and visited mm-hmm. um North Korea and pretended to be a lawyer. So he wasn't, like, a tourist, but pretended to be a lawyer. Yeah. And he got, like, he was recording, he's recorded loads of stuff, and, like, literally, like, if he had been caught with this stuff, he would have been absolutely <gasps> done for. But, yeah, oh. it's, it's, it's a, that that place is spooky.
0: Yeah, yeah, honestly, yeah. One other thing I feel like that kind of, like, I do, yeah, I do feel like I, I like, consume quite a lot of, like, true crime and, and like, cr- crime stuff, but then there's, like, some things that, like, are like too real, I feel like, or kind of make me too anxious. And I was watching started watching this film with Rosario Dawson. Um I think it's called Unforgettable. And it's about um her character like she's getting engaged to this like new man and like she's moving in everything. Um but the man has like a kid with this other woman um and at that at the point where like uh, so the other woman like stole her phone and like got into her phone and everything and it's like planning on like some kind of revenge obviously and so rosario dawson who's the, the she's the main character um she had like an abusive relationship before and she had like a restraining order against her ex and like in the film she like gets like this letter that like it's like run out like the restraining order isn't um isn't what do you call like it's in
1: is it in date
0: yeah yeah um and what i think um the the ex-wife is gonna do is to like basically get the ex to like try to kill her and at that point i was just so like i don't (laughs) it just really hit me that i was just so like fucking men are out here to kill us (laughs) (laughs) sometimes i just get like that and like it's that kind of like even, like, going outside my house, like, there, there isn't that many days that I wouldn't, like, get, like, some kind of attention that makes me uncomfortable or, like, someone catcalls me or, like, something like that. And it's just that kind of... <laughs> I was ranting to my housemate that I was actually, like... <laughs> men just want to kill us. <laughs> like, I don't know. I just got so kind of, like... <sighs> that's it. Um... But, yeah, I feel like some, some sometimes, like, these things are, like, too real and, like, too kind of scary. And then, obviously, I was thinking about in this coronavirus situation how, like, hard it is for people. And, obviously, not just women necessarily. Like, every anyone can be, like, a victim of domestic violence or be, be in that situation. Um, and uh, how this situation obviously makes it, like, a lot worse and how... Um, how it can be really difficult for people who are in those like toxic situations um so yeah there's some stuff that i i just hits hits to kind of not yeah. even close home because i i luckily i don't have those experiences but um just gets to me in that kind of way that i'm just like no
1: <laughs> yeah no I, I, yeah i agree there's certain certain things for me to um that i kind of Maybe not scared, but mm-hmm. like, just kind of see them and be like, "No, I'm I'm stepping away from the internet, yeah. or I'm mm-hmm. stepping away from the TV. Like, yeah. that's enough of that. I'll go do something different." Yeah.
0: Do you ever feel like if you uh, are outside and a van passes you, do you ever have the thought in your head that they might, someone might try to get you into the van? <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, I have that um, every time. <laughs> I haven't had that yet. Yeah. No. Now like, you will. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like if I ever become someone who is, has, not like famous, but someone who's mm-hmm. high up somewhere or has yeah. some sort of power, mm-hmm. I feel like I would get that. Yeah. Like if, yeah, mm-hmm. if like, if I ever, do you know what I mean? I like had yeah. that power to make those decisions and made a decision, I'd, I'd probably get stressed that, oh, someone's going to come back to get some of it. I mean, maybe somebody already has, like. Mm-hmm. Maybe somebody's already plotting. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah, it's those type of, like, small things that then sometimes... Not small things, but, like, some things that then, like, in real life I think about, like, I've completely just got this from, like, some kind of true crime case or, like, yeah. like cr- watching... It's interesting like, the
1: vans crime. as well for you. <laughs>
0: oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's always... It's always a fucking van, isn't it? <laughs> Honestly, yeah. Other thing that, obviously, I am obsessed with since I'm an Aquarius is, um is conspiracies and there's two conspiracy things that i have um, listened to recently which are crop circles and princess diana and you asked if they are related yeah don't think so i think so how do you what's your theory
1: aliens took princess diana she was she she was talking to them as an envoy of the earth and she yeah
0: Mm -hmm. Because I recently only learned when I was listening to the crop circle, um, podcast that um, there's like a lots of uh crop circles in England, like England is one of the I places where that. there's yeah there's like lots, and they were talking about um, that they were gonna they they're Americans but they were gonna um or when they travelled here, this was like a few years ago, that they were going to Stonehenge and the people in the Stonehenge like the tourist people who bought their tourist guides um, were saying that they get lots of crop circles like around Stonehenge. And like, usu- they're, like usually when we do these tours, like there's there's been one or like yes. there is like, um, I was going to Google it just to see if there's anything recently. But it was really interesting in terms of like when they kind of started appearing that people, there was like two men in America, I think, or no, 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 they were in England that were like claiming that they made them. And then when they were asked to like make them again, they like couldn't. And they were like they, they could like make some kind of formations. But you know how they're like super symmetrical and they're yeah. like perfect that like they like they just couldn't make them? And then there's always there's been those like big experiments where like teams of people have like tried to make the similar ones and were just not able to.
1: Or how yeah, actually of, you make a crop circle.
0: Well yeah, exactly. And like in the in the timescale that like usually they just like appear overnight and with these teams of people it was taking like a long time to get anywhere near. Yeah. And then it was something specific around how kind of what do you call like the, the straw? It's like the yeah, crop. Yeah. That like it's like it's not cut but it's like bent or like some like very specific around how that even is
1: okay
0: it's really interesting i feel like and i feel like when it got to that when it was that kind of when was it like that whole kind of like ufo thing 50s 60s
1: yeah around then
0: yeah something like that but um apparently they were saying in the podcast that like crop circles like still happen
1: yeah i i mean yeah i i don't know how to feel about crop circles i just think i don't know i I think if you can get a tool, to what, to me, it sounds mm-hmm. like whoever's doing it has built a tool to do it. <laughs> what's that tool? <laughs> do, you know, do you know what I mean, though? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. um, like a graffiti, what's it called? A little graffiti stencil or something like that. The equivalent <laughs> in like, metal that you can cut yeah. stuff or move stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I, yeah. And just the fact that like it happens overnight. Does it happen overnight? Because mm. these are places in, like, the rural countryside. Mm. It happens when people say it happens. So, like, oh, no okay. one's going to see this stuff, are they? Mm-hmm. And then, like, you go up and then, like, all of a sudden it's there. Mm. And that's because whoever's, like, reported it has just found it. Or, like, do you know what oh, I mean? So, okay. like, someone could have been working on it for ages. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's rural. So, like, no one's ever going to be like, oh. Like, no mm. one's going to take a photo of a human mm. being working on a crop circle because mm. they're going to like, oh, I got you. Like, mm. do you know what I mean?
0: And I guess now we could like kind of prove that with like satellites and shit, like you know what I mean. Like they fucking film us all the time. (laughs) Like we could like we could put it
1: to good use.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um. What's your thoughts on Princess Diana?
1: I just said it. I think she was taken away by aliens. Okay. She was too good for us.
0: I mean, yeah. It does feel like that, doesn't it? (laughs) No, it is.
1: Sorry what's your what's your thoughts i mean it it is like
0: obviously like super sad and like i don't know to me it seems like so i i i don't have any kind of trust in people who have a lot of power and a lot of wealth and a lot of like that kind of stuff that they're actually good people (laughs) like i i i I do i do think that that kind of power does does not necessarily make you a bad person but like gets to you and i feel like with with the kind of kind of power that like for example the the royal family has that like they they can do anything they can literally do anything in this world and they 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 don't face any consequ consequences And they can like hide stuff, like you know what I mean. I uh, yeah, I don't yeah. Seems a bit convenient. Yeah. That she just died in an accident.
1: Yeah. Well, you know.
0: Um, and it is yeah. There there is like obviously with like the true crime stuff. Like I'm not trying or like with the conspiracies, I'm not trying to say that I like believe absolutely everything that they say. But like, there is some like interesting stuff about like what she allegedly like wrote in her like diary before and like what like her security guard and and those people kind of like the the stuff that they've said or like said before um and that kind of stuff but i do think that it's it isn't like an interesting aspect of when did she die 94 97 something like that that like how she was obviously in a relationship with this Muslim man and how like apparently that was not okay with the royal family and kind of obviously because she's she was um prince charles and william's mum that even even like they were saying in the podcast that like even that she would have had a child with this muslim man but she's still kind of part of the royal family like that wasn't okay yeah and like that kind of stuff um yeah i do i do feel like and even if none of the kind of conspiracies were true and like everything happened as um as it said it happened like it's still like so crazy and so wrong to think that like the kind of like media just trying to get anything out of her basically killed her yeah like you know what i mean it's just sick when you think about it and it's 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 honestly, and I feel like it's that type of like, as if these people aren't people, um, and it, after after I went on, how about people who have wealth are like evil? Evil um, too. Yeah, yeah. But it's it is it is interesting to think, um, and obviously because with like princess like the Princess Diana ones are like one of the like biggest biggest conspiracies, so there's like yeah. lots around. Um, around kind of like what people speculated that happened and like what what like how yeah how everything kind of went down um, which i do find entertaining and interesting yes. and honestly sometimes you don't know want sometimes think about like the stuff that you would just like to know yes. <laughs> and like yes. one of my things is that like if i could know anything in the world It would be the real kind of like answers to these conspiracy theories.
1: Yeah. yeah. Like
0: honestly, I just I just want to know. (laughs) I want to know.
1: Yeah.
0: What? Is
1: Hitler still alive?
0: Yeah, exactly. Aliens definitely exist, but in one what kind of form? Did they create us? Who created us? Like you know what I mean. (laughs) I'm just like I want to know what happened with Princess Diana. I want to know, and all of these, like, true crime, like, mysteries, like, this person went missing, or, like, we can't find the killer of this person, blah, blah, blah. I would pay money to know, (laughs) (laughs) honestly.
1: If anyone's if anyone's made it this far into our podcast yeah I think I think Nina's just kind of thrown down the gauntlet there so if you know any of the answers exactly. to any of these things yeah Nina will pay you
0: yeah please please do give me some reliable information because I'm yeah I just I just need to know honestly <laughs> what would be your superpower if you would choose a super superpower
1: um I would like the ability. To, I think reading minds would be a cool one, because then I, could could continue to be a normal human being and like read minds.
0: Mm. But that's scary. Would you actually want to know what people think?
1: Um. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, do you want to be in people's heads? Yeah. People are. Yeah, people can be quite messed up.
0: And I Um, think that makes it quite complicated.
1: Yeah, I guess. It's either that or like time, time travel. Mm. Time travel is amazing.
0: Yeah. What about you? Um, Sometimes I have thought about I would like to speak all of the languages in the world. Speak and understand. And that includes animals.
1: Nice. So understand
0: and speak all languages, which includes understanding animals i think that would be cool because it would be like it wouldn't be like something like supernatural but it would just be cool
1: i think that's a, a very good answer
0: yeah that's mine what's your final thoughts on true crime and conspiracy theories chris
1: um true crime yes conspiracy theories no what do you mean by yes and no? Um, actually, true crime, meh. I'm not. I'm not one of those people that's fussed by it.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm
1: like, true crime is just like, it's a bit, it's a bit too Hollywood for me, and like,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I don't know. Don't find it that interesting. Mm-hmm. Conspiracy theories, yes, but like, I'm not one of those people who's really set on a certain conspiracy theory. I like mm-hmm. just kind of going onto YouTube and hearing about conspiracy theories. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I feel like the same with most of the kind of conspiracies that I've been Conspiracy theories that I've been looking into A lot of them are kind of like Like with most of them, I haven't been able to be like Yeah, that's what I believe Like that's exactly it Because there's quite a lot of like Well, this could have happened Well, this could have happened You know, that kind of stuff So I feel like It's like And then obviously like How reliable all information is It's like very questionable
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. On on that note (laughs) I think should we go should we call it time there?
0: Yeah. I think
1: are we on on fifty odd minutes?
0: Fifty four
1: and thirty. Thank you to anyone if you've made it this far. (laughs) Um (laughs) and yeah, if if you are still there, um Mm -hmm. comment somewhere. I don't know how that works. Nina's in charge of that, but Mm -hmm.
0: Uh well on our um Instagram or Twitter or Facebook when I uh, when we post post all of them so nice, nice. yes yeah. oh. thanks for listening everyone yeah bye Chris
1: bye Nina.